Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. We always have to look at uh, people and their legacies. And I know this young sister, she is already leaving her legacy here at Word Radio. You know her as P to the O to the C. She is the host of Eco Words Magazine on Friday at 10 a.m. And uh, we want to welcome her to Reality Check for our Millennial Moment. How are you today? I'm good, Tanya. How are you? Good morning. Right? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Still morning. Yes, yes, Yes. it is. So I know today we want to talk about age in the workplace or generations in the workplace. And we found, I found a a really interesting article uh, from Harvard Business Review that set up all the various generations. You know, the one thing I will say sometimes about uh, younger folks, y'all have labels and names for so many things like hair types (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, so the generations we have here listed in this article were uh, the silent generation, those were uh, the folks born 25 to 45, and that's 19, 25 to 1945. They're known uh, <laughs> as loyal but traditional. The baby boomers, that's 1946 to 64, collaborative but adverse to change. Then you have Gen X, 1965 to 1980. They're independent but bleak. Huh, that's interesting. Now I'm part of that generation, so I want to, I want to, I want to parse that out a little bit. The millennials from '81 to 2000 who are driven but entitled, and generation. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and Generation Z, uh, they are progressive. That's 2001 to 2020. They're progressive but disloyal. So those were some really interesting mm. uh, comments there. So what happens when you put these uh, different generations in the workplace together? Let's say it's a, a, a generation X or with a baby boomer to, or, or really a baby boomer, let's say with millennial, that always seems to be a clash. What do you think uh, <laughs> makes uh, for the biggest challenge in the workplace for age difference uh, diversity, I guess we would call it? Um, honestly, right now, I think it's intentions and goals, mm. right? Um, I think when <clears throat> when you talk about Xers and you talk about boomers who went into the workplace, their intentions were was really to go to school, get a good job, and get on their feet. You know, work that work that um, that 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 I would say that that pipeline to success. Work that pipeline to success as long as you can. Whereas though you have millennials and you have Z's where we're not looking forward to sitting down for 40 years. We're not looking forward to retiring um, in our 50s and our 60s. We're not even pressed for Social Security. You know, boomers and Xers are still talking about a Social Security check. Millennials, we don't even have this conversation. We don't even go into a work, workplace looking for Social Security or looking for a 401k. So when it comes, to, we do want those health benefits, though, don't get me wrong. But, we, you know, when it comes comes down to that long-term conversation about a workplace, we're having two different conversations about intentions and goals. Our goals is to get to achieve the things that we want to achieve out of this workplace, get something else on our resume so we can get to the next accomplishment, you know, or get to that next, um, I would say, spot in in the in the office where we become a manager a supervisor you know some type of tight tight i guess that's where the entitlement comes in right when you mentioned uh, uh millennials but get some type of title we're working hard to get to the top so yeah i think that's where it is when it comes to goals some people boomers xers they're cool with just getting that nine to five check going to work shutting up putting their head down and coming home 
so I think <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry, but this is when when you were talking. I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, see, I, this is where the entitled, the disloyal. This is why the gen, <laughs> this is where the Gen Xers are bleak, and this is where the baby boomers are averse to change. But I, I think what it is, it's two things. It's one that. There are more opportunities now that technology has wrought. So I don't think that there was a, a baby boomer generation that was like, let me just put my head down and go to work and then just try to retire. It was that might have been the opportunity that was the most available at the time, because if you wanted to lead a middle class life, if you wanted to take care of your kids, you know, if you were a baby boomer born from 46 to 64, you didn't have the opportunity to be a social media influencer. You didn't have the opportunity. Oh necessarily to work on a computer and therefore be able to change your job uh, a little bit more easily. You didn't have the option of remote work and those kinds of things. So I think some of those things are changes that have been wrought by the workplace. Um, and the idea sometimes, I think the idealism that young people have, well, if you're going to say that Gen X is independent but bleak, it's because maybe Gen X, and I say that as a representative of Gen X, we got caught between kind of the baby boomers who were putting their heads down and going to work. And then we, once we came out, it was like, I remember going to college and it was everybody wanting to get a big corporate job where you made a certain amount of money because you saw that as being stable. Um, and then now you're looking at the fact that you can literally be on your computer, your phone and make a lot of money and at a very young age. So to hear you say, we're not thinking about social security. That's because you're not older yet. Once you get older, you'll be like, listen, I want to make sure I, you know, it's a difference in thought process <laughs> when you're in your fifties than when you're in your twenties or even your thirties. Cause them, I mean, but the reality of it though, Tanya, social security is not going to be around for our generation. So it's right. like going into a workplace, even thinking about, let me sit down for 40 50 years of my life to obtain a social security, right. to obtain a 401k is like, you know, like it's mind boggling to most of us as millennials. We're not going to do that. You know, in order to get a 401k, you have to put in time at one specific location in order to receive that. And when I made the comment specifically about putting your head down and going to work, I was specifically saying that when I when I say like no pushback, you know, no militant attitude in the workplace. No, no. Um, you're going to respect me as your employer kind of attitude It's given, you know, Johnny, go over there and do this overtime. And if you don't do this overtime, you're fired. You can't tell a millennial that I'm out the door. Like th this right. is not what my contract said. This is not what you, why you hire me. We will push back. We will go to HR ourselves, you know, threatening a millennial with HR is like, okay, you know, let's pull out the books. You know, we, we want to have this type of conversation and not saying that we want to disrupt the workplace, but at the same time, we are driven and eager to make sure that the workplace is, is in a, is in a way it's set up in a way in which it's respectable to us. And it actually works for us. And it makes sense for us, like literal, literally making sense for us. So I think that, you know, when it says driven, but entitled, I do understand the entitlement because a lot of us, you know, we don't necessarily want to work harder. We want to work smarter now. Nowadays. And I think that that is wonderful. And to the extent that I see young people being able to, you know, one, the workplace should change. It, it, it's like the pushback after 
uh, the COVID pandemic, when employers are now saying, come back in the office, we want you yeah. here, we want you sitting at a desk, or we're watching everything that you do. And you're, you know, that to me is a function of an older workplace, because at this point in time, technology, if technology allows you to have more flexibility, that you can have a better work-life balance, and you can still be productive, then what is the problem? But then mm-hmm. I guess the idea, and uh, we saw this just recently with Mayor Parker saying that she wants city workers to come back into downtown is that when we have people who are not coming into downtown, when we have people who are not doing those restaurants, when we have people who are not uh, spending time, they're also not spending money. Then we're not getting the services that we want. Then we're not getting, you know, these buildings are, are, are being abandoned and those kinds of things. But I do think that young people are driving these conversations about change and how mm-hmm. you can't just, you know, it's like almost like if you're a Gen X or and maybe some ba- baby boomers, you did sometimes have this uh, sense that if you got abused at work, you just had to put up and deal with it. And deal with it. <laughs> but that does still function from the perspective that the baby boomers put, and this is one thing that I always try to say to young people, there are things that other generations put up with so that y'all could be free to say, well, we want to live how we want to live and we want to <laughs> live the best that we can. You know, we get that. But some people sacrifice to make that happen, you know? And I and, and the other thing too is that I think more millennials and more Gen Zers, either they have opportunities again via social media. I mean, when I was 20, the music business in, in the entertainment industry is what I got into. That's where you could have less barrier to entry, where you could get into an industry and make a lot of money and to have fun. Um, yeah. Now, if you're talking about abusive, well, yes, it was an abusive industry and probably still is. The, the music business and the entertainment Problematic. <laughs> still very tough businesses. But, I, you know. There's also this idea that people have dramatically changed. I don't think that people have dramatically changed. I think there's a lot now that there's this uh, facade that everyone's kind and gentle and caring and we really care yeah. about everything. And in the it, particularly when we're talking about those tough businesses, media, entertainment, there's still feeling and thinking the same way. They're just couching it in this performative, you know, okay, that's fine if you take six months off, you know, to get your mental health right. But by the time you come back, that might not be a job (laughs) anymore. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that I think about as well. No doubt. And to comment on a statement you made earlier in the conversation, specifically about, you know, um, people going back into the workplace, uh, I think it's very uh, funny. You know, when it works for them, it works for them. And that's why uh, you can see generational Generation Z and, and they can be called disloyal. Right. Because when it works for them, it works for them. So particularly when it went and when we went into the pandemic, everyone was sent home because it helps these businesses save money by not having their employers in the office. And then now, you know, cities are back open, states are back open and, you know, the world is moving and we're trying to find a way around how to maneuver through this COVID situation. And it's like, okay, we need more people to come back into the workplace because it now it's going to work for them in a way where they need to make money. You know, it's going to work for them now because they, they can crowd downtown, they can get those restaurants filled and things of that nature. And that can actually help bring in more money to the city. But when it was time 
for, you know, workers to speak up and say, uh, I don't think I should work at home. I don't, I'm not going to feel comfortable. I don't think I'm going to get any work done. It was like, no, this is what you're going to do. And now workers have found, um, uh, comfortability in working from home. Workers have found a routine, a schedule for working at home. And now you want to disrupt that. And I think that is going to disrupt the workplace and bringing people back into the workforce. At specifically bringing them back into the office. But I think we could talk about that at another time. But I definitely think that 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 move right there is going to disrupt the whole working class, especially the middle class, because no one wants to get up and actually go into the office. But another point I wanted to make, too, to bring the silent generation into the conversation Based on the article, if you were born between 1925 and 1945, you seem to be loyal but traditional. And then to get to the last generation currently, which is Generation Z between 2000, I'm sorry, uh, 2001 and 2020, you're progressive but disloyal. So, Tanya, look how, you know, that gap from the silent generation to the uh, Generation Z, you went from loyal to disloyal that fast. <laughs> what happened? You know what I mean? Like, what happened in that time frame for you to say, well, we were able to control these folks and tell these folks how to do the work, when to do the work, when up, and, when to get up and go. And now we have this next generation who's pushing back, who's being militant and saying, hey, that's not how it's going to work. This is not how it's going to work. And if you want me to work for you, these are the terms and conditions. You know, is I, that truly disloyal? Is that disloyalty? Or is that someone literally sticking up for themselves and standing up for themselves and knowing they have workers right? You know, I, I know it's a whole different conversation when you, when you talk about, you know, on a federal, on a state level, but workers rights inside of an office is a real thing. I think it's fair to say that you don't want to go to work just to be abused to make a, a, a paycheck. And so it is interesting. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up, that we went from uh, loyal to disloyal, because I think the idea now is why should you have to be loyal for any company when they're not loyal to you? If you get the sick, point. if you get injured, if something happens, you know, there are companies that will just replace you and, and on to the next. So Hire, fire. So that's a point. Um, but I do think at least what I'm seeing is that in there are certain jobs, and this is one of the things that the pandemic made clear. There are certain jobs that are just functional jobs that we need in a society, right? We need garbage people. Mm -hmm. We need people to clean the streets. We need people to be police officers, whether you like police or not. Um, we need people to be social workers and, and to do all of these kinds of foundational jobs. And when there is a, a feeling that every job has to be part of personal service to yourself as opposed to mm -hmm. personal service to the community, that's where I think sometimes people see a breakdown and they're saying, you know, it's not. Yes, everyone wants to have a creative job and everyone wants to make money and everyone wants to to feel like they're valued. And, and that's just humanity. We want to feel valued yeah. in whatever we're doing. But there are certain things that kind of have to be done to keep a society just running. And, and I think those of us who are older sometimes feel like there's a rejection of that. But that puts everybody uh, at a risk of just basic things not being able to get done. We're seeing that now with certain city jobs that are still available. We're talking corrections officers and police officers. And, and hey, I'm an advocate that for some of these jobs, you need to pay people more, period. And yes. I am also 
very much right very much in support right because teachers are leaving as well i'm very much in support of people getting paid to do sometimes really difficult jobs and i'm very much in support of young people saying these jobs listen you want more vacation you want more mental health you want more all of those things those things are important as well but it's just sometimes i think the feeling is we need you to do this job right here right now that you signed up for and if you don't want to do that job we still need somebody who can do it. <laughs> that's real. That's real. That's real. And I think that that's where the Generation Z comes in with the progressive uh, comment, right? Because you think about it, um, it's like, all right, this is not doing it, doing it for me on to the next, right? So when you say we need you to do this job, I'm going to do this job until it, it satisfies me, until it's no longer benefiting me, and then I'm going to go to the next. And that's one thing about living in America. You know, you can have this American dream. And that goes back to that silent generation. They were sold an American dream. It was just what did the American dream look like in 1925? What did the American dream look like in 1947? You know, when we talk about baby boomers, and even when we talk about Generation X, and we say uh, Generation X is between 1965 and 1980, which is independent. I think that that statement alone, that characteristic alone is the most uh, prevalent out of them all because that independency pushed the next generation of millennials, pushed the next generation of progressive uh, Z's to say, hey, I want to now own my own business. I now want to work for myself. I no longer want the American dream the way that it was laid out for me. I feel like I can build my own American dream. I can be the Tom Fords. I can be the, um, you know, the the the, the uh, Walmarts of the world. So when it comes down to that independent but bleak, I think that that generation, your generation, Tanya, really pushed us as far as millennials to say, hey, I want it for myself. Well, thank you for that. I am here with POC and we are sharing the millennial moment. And uh, I got to ask you, POC, though, we talk about diversity a lot in the workplace. And one of the things that we never mention is age diversity. Now, I feel like I've been really blessed because in my career, I've been able to work with younger people and older people. I've had a boss who was 21 years old and I've had a boss who was 71 years old. And so it's been really interesting uh, navigating the workplace, working with various ages. But I sometimes feel like young people just want to push everybody out that's like 40 and up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's not necessarily push out. I think like you, you spoke about earlier in today's conversation about, um, technology and how fast technology is moving. It's also moving like that in the workplace. Like some of these restaurant chains are, you know, um, removing actual employees and putting in robots, putting in these self-checkout lines. So when it comes down to, um, getting it how you live in, you know, some millennials, some generation G's like, Hey, I, I know you, you know, you're my old head. I respect you. But at the same time, I need to make sure I make my money. I need to make sure I make my paper. So if I got to get you out the way to do that, it's just, you know, something that's going to happen. And it's not necessarily in a disrespectful way. It's just really looking out for yourself. And I think right now and just how the workforce and the, how everything is set up, um, it is a doggy dog fight for people to look out for themselves because it's not a lot of jobs out there that is um 
necessarily hiring two managers, two supervisors, or looking for someone to oversee the entire staff and this, that, and a third, whether you're a director or a coordinator. Um, so it, it's a lot of, uh, especially people who have gone to college and got a degree and want to utilize that degree, especially we're paying for these student loans. It's like, uh, yeah, I got a degree to do what you're doing, ma'am. And I know that you've been doing this for 25 years, but I need to make sure I'm, I'm getting my money's worth for this degree. So I'm going to work a little bit harder or I'm going to make sure that I outwork you to, to the point where I know you cannot compete or compare. But here's the thing. This is, again, if we're looking at Generation Z, if we're looking at millennials, the generations that say that they want kindness, they want empathy. They want people to consider them as whole people, not just cogs in a wheel. And all of those things are in place until it comes to older people. I feel that once you are older, it is the one segment of society that people can beat up on, talk about, disrespect, uh, diminish, and everybody's okay with that. It's fine. And I think that this is where you see pushback sometimes from older people who are saying, as long as I still have breath, I still want to be a contributing member of society. And in fact, there's knowledge, there's information, and there is context. I always say, you know, if you are 20 and you go back 10 years, your context, you were 10 years old. If I go Mm -hmm. back 10 years, I was whatever years I would go back 10 years. But (laughs) (laughs) there's more context to it because I was doing things as an adult and all those things. I think age diversity is particularly important in the workplace because you have young people who are technologically savvy. I don't take nothing away from it. Y'all can do things so fast, so quick and utilize all these various apps and and different things to make things more efficient. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, when we're looking at some of the soft skills, when we're talking about people, again, being the ways that you guys say that you want to be encountered empathetic, sympathetic, uh, being able to say things like, please, thank you, and all that, that there are people who are older who do that well or who have areas of expertise beyond technology. So what's your uh, take on that? I think it's a give and take, Diane, truly, because sometimes you can work in, this work in the workplace or the workforce and, you know, the older generation will hit you with the back in my day, you know, and soon that conversation starts with the back in my day, it t- tends to go in one ear and out the other, not because it's not a lesson there or some wisdom can come behind it, but it's like we're, we're working at the same place. We got the same name badge on. We're, we're at the same title right now in this work field. So for you to come and try to feel as though that you can teach me something or tell me something, it can be a a little bit of like blowback or resentment there, not resentment, but a little bit of blowback in in a way in which it's like, you can't really tell me anything because we're on the same level and you've been here 20 years and I've been here two years and we're right neck and neck, you know? So sometimes that conversation um, can really just be the look or perspective of the person that they're talking to as far as the younger generation and older generation of having that conversation. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, as far as communication and the communication gap that's throwing us off between generations. Um, but yeah, Tanya, it can get hard to walk into a workspace and someone who's been there 20 years and tells me about, you know, when they started in this company, what they had to do and how they had to do it. And now my young book self come in and I'm up the ladder in two years, you know? So I think that can automatically start some feud without even necessarily being the intention behind it. 
I mean, I think when you look at it like that, you, you also have to think about if you're fortunate, you will get to be that person that says to somebody back in my day, <laughs> you know, because that means you're going to get older. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's the goal, I would hope. Um, so as somebody- but when I, what I'm saying is though, Tanya, that you are going to get older, but picture being in a work, we're specifically talking about a workplace, right? right? So Tanya, let's say me and you, we walked into the workplace and you're trying to tell me something. But what you did in 20, I was able to do in two. Right. So now you're trying to tell me something about how I was able to advance in two years and it took you 20 years to do so. But so here, I, I, but here's the thing. Ahead. I find that conversation always goes one way because mm-hmm. it's always the younger person saying, well, you know, I did this and that and the other. So you don't know what that person's accomplishment may have been or what they went through in that 20 years just to get to where you are now. Because once again, we're talking about a workplace. We're talking about technology. We're talking about even having a formal education that may be different than that person. Now, sure, there are people who are older in mindset any place that you go. And there are people Mm -hmm. who are younger in mindset, any place that you go. And the thing is, it's great if you have age diversity in the workplace, if you've got someone that can do something in two minutes when it may take you 20 because you're not as familiar with that technology and you want energy and you want young people, but you also want someone who might be able to say, hey, wait a minute, let's think this through. Hey, wait a minute. Let's, you know, but it doesn't always, I find that it's always like this dichotomy between young and old where the older person is always pushed into this place of being the one who's not up on things or the skill set that the older person has is not as respected as the one that the younger person has. Whereas we should have a, a greater, uh, uh, a greater expansion on our ideas instead of just this one stereotype. That's what I'm saying. I find that conversation always goes the same. But I think that that also goes back to, you know, um, just think about it, being raised, right, in a home, and this is kind of changing the subject, but being raised in a home is like, um, Tanya, get over here and, and show me how to work this remote control, you know? Okay. So you get over there, you show them how to work <laughs> the remote controls to the point where you're now just simply doing it for them. Right. So then when they go into the workplace, it's given the same energy, right? right. Um, I, I, I don't know how to work this machine. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, young buck, get over here and show me how to do it. And now the young buck is doing it and now it's advancing, scaling, moving forward. It's the, the, the workplace is seeing that they're doing more work or the workplace is seeing that they put in the extra work. So now they are, you know, climbing the top of the ladder and they're looking at this person like, hey, when I was down there on the, on the line, you still wasn't running the machine. Now I'm up here in the office and you still not running the machine. So the workplace is going to change every time. And I think that goes back to what these definitions were saying in the article about, you know, collaborative, but adverse to change back to the baby boomers, independent, but bleak. You want to do the work, but you don't necessarily want to, you know, do it in an innovative type of way. So I think when, when it comes down to those, those generations is, it is some gaps there for sure. And that's why we had these conversations. The Gen X's (laughs) are squeezed between the demands of the millennials and the demands of the baby boomers. (laughs) That's why we're bleak. Okay. (laughs) 
You got to have the innovation of it. Yeah, know, right. If I, could just, if I could just have an app for certain things, I have an app for that, then it would be great. But PLC, it's always a great discussion. And uh, I look forward to these millennial moments and I hope that people get some benefit from them. And we appreciate it. Uh, always giving you time to pitch your show and what's going on on Friday. I appreciate you, Tanya, for having me um, every other week. Thank you so much for these moments. I enjoy them, Tanya, so thank you. And and I got some people who are listening and they enjoy them as well. They really loved our conversation last week, so I hope they fill in the conversation this week as well. Um, but yes, EcoWord each and every Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on WRD. Make sure you tune in, join in on the conversation. But today I got a special announcement. I would actually be guest hosting for Evening Word starting at 4 p.m., so I'm right back on your dials starting at 4 p.m. from 4 to 7. Don't miss it. We got a jam-packed show, an incredible lineup. So definitely tune in to Eat the Word this evening with your girl, PLC. All righty. Well, thank you so much for being with us on Reality Check today. No doubt. Peace, Ian. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 